0: What on earth is that? It's a Journey into Comics Network production! All aboard! I brought my pencil.
1: What do you wanna do with Walk on home, boy. Do me. Yeah! Like you never get say, like you did before. Make it ring, make it please, make it really
2: start. What's up, Tutorinos? And welcome back to Rank Em All, the collaborative podcast. Where we take a look at our favorite artists or band, their entire discography, and we rank every one of those songs, which gives us the album rank. Of course, we are here today. We are smack dab right in the middle of the Metallica discography. we got a whole load of songs to talk about here today. I see what you did there. Yes, wow. I, you, I surely did. Very. nice. Wow. And we're about to introduce you to the Rank Masters here today. I am Brando, and of course, joining me, the host of the Bruise with Deuce podcast. The Dungeons with Dudes. Of course, the Surveyor of Doom himself, Nick Maxson.
0: What's up, everyone? How are we doing today? Sunday fun day.
2: Sunday fun you know day. Oh, it. Hitting I'm excited it nice to do this. And early. Also here today, he is the host of Podcastrophy and 30% Reviews. He is the least qualified OBGYN in the nation. <laughs> Dr. Dongo himself, Dick Tyner. Hey,
3: everybody. <laughs> I think I said that yesterday. At not, only, not only That's am so I good. qualified, I have no qualification. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, last
2: but not least, he is the podfather of the Journey to Comics Network, Nate Phillips.
1: Hey, I'm alive, you guys. How's it going? How's
2: everybody?
3: We're alive. We are. Yeah. I'm alive as well. Thankfully, we we're have all, all
1: four of us have
2: survived the year that is 2020. Yeah, uh, and
3: Rager that was Tyler's party last night.
2: Yes, it was a rager. Indeed. It was awesome. It was good to see everybody. It
1: was Hitler twice. I, I, I was Hitler twice. That is real.
2: I heard unfortunately I had to leave right before that. I would love to have played that with you guys. However, today, fun. today, my friends, we are taking a look at Load from Metallica. Now We just got done doing the Black Album, which, I mean, a lot of people say that's when they sold out. Metallica sold out on the Black Album. Well, uh, maybe they did. Maybe they didn't. However, the music industry in itself was changing around that time. And uh, basically, when you go and look at that early 90s era, there's a couple albums, specifically one band that got huge that changed the music industry, and that was Nirvana absolutely nevermind came out uh, and then after that you had all the all the other seattle bands you had uh, like pearl jam and then and then uh, uh, like and then you had stone temple pilots and alice in chains the 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 the, the, the taste and the genre of rock kind of changed i mean Dick disappeared into his background for a second, into his hair, like into his own heritage. It kind of freaked me out. His shirt, you're black it's black, so it's kind of.
3: Like- I noticed that. You just I get lost in your off. heritage, man. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed. I noticed like one sleeve of mine was like disappearing, so I'm like, "Ooh, I'm gonna turn the other light off." <laughs>
0: That's got to go on the band name list: "Lost in the Heritage." <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes. <Yeah>. Awesome. <laughs>
1: He's like, grab my phone, let me type that out right now.
0: Yeah, we're, we can't forget that one.
1: But but the emergence of
2: grunge and alternative rock really changed the scene. It really killed all the hair bands immediately. They just all died. Um, but all the other bands, you know, it, it's kind of funny. You know, Metallica changed their tune a little bit with the Black album, still being pretty heavy. Then going into this album, this album was released in June 4th, 1996. So a full five years after the Black album, this album came out. And everything had kind of changed. They had been on the road for damn four years straight. And the entire industry had changed. It was time to do something different. They could have done just like everything they would already done before. But how successful would it have been? And here's a cool question for you guys. Were there any really true successful thrash bands in 96 releasing albums?
1: Mm, I'm
2: not really familiar with. Yes, I will say one
1: band. One Testament. band. Testament was around. Yes, Machine Head would be the other one I would think of because that was right before they were. They stayed true thrash until about ninety nine, and then they did that album where they went to new metal, which was really strange. And they went right back to their old ways after that one. Well,
2: album. It, well it's funny because all four of the, of the big four—Metallica, Megadeth, Slayer, Anthrax—around this time, not necessarily in ninety six proper like Load, but you, Metallica was doing something different. Megadeth was ready to release Cryptic Writings, that was different. Uh, Slayer was getting ready to start new metal cuz around 96 you had Corn coming out, Limp Bizkit was right around the corner, you know, all these other bands that were like in that kind of genre. Uh Slipknot was about ready to hit it big, you know, uh Mudvayne was around the corner, like all these bands. And then Anthrax was doing their rap rock thing going and ready to go into new metal. Everybody tried something different to try and stay relevant with the changing of the times, to try and keep their stuff going. Um now you could just keep releasing the same album on and over and over and over again, like ACDC, and still sell your records. I actually think it's brave of a of a band to try and try something different, even if it, even if it doesn't resonate. Yeah, but I'm not sure where you guys stand on that because this is definitely different. Yeah, uh, coming into load, coming as even from Black Album, you can hear some stuff from Black Album esque. Where they went there, here But by the time they got off the road for four years They were different people And, uh, you know, James was In his songwriting, going in a different direction You had Kirk and going into his Kind of like I don't even know Like very not It's not goth, but it's very Like, moody <laughs> Uh, yeah. Almost U2y with the short hair, the lipstick or the eyeliner, or the, <laughs> the, the the painted nails. You know, he was getting into some different stuff. Uh, <laughs> Lars really got into that vibe and wanted to change the look of the band. James wasn't on board. He was against it, but he played along because he's a team player. And he's spoken out against that recently. Said he wished he would have kind of not went with that because and stayed true to himself because he felt like. Because when he goes back and sees pictures of himself during this era, he's like, "That's like some like me trying to be somebody else, or you know, to fit in." And yeah. so, but this album had no shortage of singles. There were four singles released off of this album, and uh, quite a bit of uh, you know, a kind of a like a little bit of a, like of a departure here. A little bit, we have more songs in the album that were written involving Kirk than just James and Lars. So that's a little bit different as well, and that kind of maybe uh, flows into how maybe some of the style of the, of the like the music has changed a little bit. But they were all kind of going in different directions. You have a lot of different people lending their talents into making this album possible. The album went to number one. Uh, album sales, uh, as far as like how many total, I, I'd be sitting here like trying to count up every, each each and every single one in the United States. It's at least five times platinum. So that's 5 million yeah. in, in, in Europe. It's, it's sold 2 million and you could just add them up after that. So it, the album was a big hit. It was, it, it reached the highest uh, chart of 81 position on the U S billboard throughout the decade. Like that was decade in chart. So like pretty big albums for them, nonetheless, even with the change. So that, that's that gotta be liberating for an artist be able to be able to succeed in trying something different with the black album coming here with this, which is really different. And it hits you right away with how different it is. And for it to still be successful, even if there are people who are like, check out of like, Hey, you know, I like I'm leaving the Metallica train right now, but for that to still come off as being very successful, then to hit the road and still have sellout arenas. That's gotta be very liberating for an artist to say, you know what? I can take risks
1: and still succeed. So. they definitely did and metallica has staying power you know a lot of time, really an inter- interesting turn of events metallica became more successful in the late 90s because people were learning about them because of the black album falling in love with their older stuff mm-hmm. which was pushing them to the to the shows and actually sure. witnessing it so it was driving numbers more and then with load people didn't know they do you don't really have the internet they can tell you what the album's going to sound like or be like so People see Metallica. Fuck yeah, I'm going to buy it. I hope it's great. Oh, okay, maybe it's different. Some people bought on, you know? Uh, and some people didn't.
2: Another thing that was still kind of going on in the mid-'90s was MTV and the music videos, and so they were in heavy rotation there as well. But we're going to dive right into this. We're going to get right in, and we're going to hit right off a track number one. Now, as we've already said, for the multiple time, it's like they always like to come in with a with, with a song. that's either going to set the stage... Get 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 your get get your blood pumping a little bit, um, but I don't think anybody could anticipate that the title of the first track would be "Ain't My Bitch," <laughs> uh, with writing credits for James and Lars here. Uh, we'll start with
3: we'll start with Dick. What are your thoughts about "Ain't My Bitch"? The notes say fun, chuggy riffs, a lot more bluesy, a mm-hmm. departure from the Metallica sound which is going to be a pretty yeah. steady note throughout my notes. <laughs>
0: um, that on all of them.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Still a big sounding track, full sounding production. Sure, this is sure. uh, just another one of those songs that I discovered was uh, a song I kind of already maybe heard. And I'm guessing it's because half this album may have been on like Monday Night Nitro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <'cause> yeah. <laughs> that's a song, like. Yeah. Uh, what's this? It's
0: definitely WCW music. <laughs> for real.
3: <laughs> yeah, just like uh, when it when he, like it, it's so fast and heavy and then it, like when he, when James goes down,
0: mm-hmm.
3: you know, it, it gets a little softer. That's the part that I recognize for whatever reason.
2: Man, ain't my bitch. James, uh, when you get into it, it has a really different sounding. It's more of a, it's still a kind of a heavy song, but it's the, like the mobile, the overall movement of the riff is like a little bit more twangy, which that's, that's a few other songs on this album and the next one kind of share that. But the one thing that really stands out to me is the vocals, how James is more loose here. He's having more yeah. fun. He, you know, the black album, he was dialed in. He's got to get a certain sound in a certain ways. He's got to sound yeah. like the big Epic. Yeah. And here he's just like, you know what? I've got that. Now let's just let loose with it and have fun. And that's what I hear. When I hear James thing on this, he's just like, you know, if you watch cunning stunts, which was the tour on the tour done after this, like they're having fun. And, and, and that's really what it's about. Uh, Nick, what do you got to say about ain't my bitch?
0: Ain't my bitch. Uh, I really liked it. I thought it was a good first track. Um, I I like my, my first tracks to be, you know, ass kickers. And it's kind of, it, it gets you moving. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The intro riff is sick. I like the, the 70s guitar solo. Sounds like a classic, like rock solo. Yeah. Um, And I, I wrote, I wonder who the lyrics are about. Because he sounds like he's fucking pissed off at someone. <laughs> yeah. like, it, there's a bitch out there that goes, I'm that bitch. Like, that is
1: me. <laughs>
0: Absolutely.
1: I, I think that, interestingly enough, this is, again, one of those lyrical dualities where there is some of that in there. And then also, I remember from an interview James did years ago, Ain't My Bitch was them using another way to say, not my complaint. It's not my thing to bitch about. I don't have to care about it. It's not my worry. It ain't my bitch. Yeah, exactly. Uh, So it has it has a cool duality to it that I think is really fun. Uh, My notes are pretty simple. You guys have covered a lot of it. The intro is really heavy and groovy. It is a slower song. The chorus riff does sneak some subtle thrashing in. If you listen with headphones in your Zune, just slip it in there. Yes. And make sure you got that
0: royalty check.
2: Oh, yeah. You know it. If if anyone is just going through these in a single day and you guys are playing a drinking game. About the zoom
1: drinking game. By, oh, by this episode, you're already <laughs> fucked up
2: anyway. So,
0: okay. oh yeah,
1: keep it going. Um, I said the slide solo is new vibe for the band, which mm-hmm. is very true. Yeah, Nick talked about that. Uh, However, the chorus is definitely a memorable and jamming one. Uh, And then I love that the bass is really fun throughout. If you're really listening deep into the headphones, the bass is kind of playing whatever the fuck Jason wanted to really. He's just kind of making shit up and it actually works out kind of nicely. So yeah, I like the song to just get into the rankings right out the gate. This is a seven. Seven from Nate.
2: Sure. All right, then uh, Dick hit me with your rank. I'm going to go with a eight. An eight yeah. and Nick,
0: I gave it a seven as well. Seven, I gave it an eight.
2: Um, I really feel like this is kind of the one like one of the forgotten openers, you know. I mean, for all the other ones we've had, the big blackened battery, fight fire with fire, and Sandman, and and uh, maybe the next album one is also a heavy, heavy hitter that's the mainstay to this day. Uh, in, oh, yeah. in the Metallica catalog. It, this is one of those ones that gets it, it, it wasn't a single it wasn't a hit they played it live a little bit early on in that in those in those first tours but it, it's one of those songs that they don't really play anymore today and uh it, it's definitely like it sets the tone for the album for sure uh to get it started like when you first hear it you you kind of hear like wait a minute this ain't this isn't the Metallica that I really remember. I mean granted Metallica. Like you already looked at the back of the album when you got it and like 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 there's this whole line from like Jason Newstead, like when he's talking about it, it's like he's like, I can just imagine a kid getting the black album with the the hair and the attitude, like this is my Metallica and they get the next one and on the back of them they're all got short hair and in Cuban pimp suits and it's like <laughs> just completely <laughs> different. And like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> but uh no, I gave that song an a, a really cool song. The next song, track two, two by four, has Lars, James, and Kirk writing on this song. This time we'll start with Nate. Nate, two by four, track two.
1: By four. <laughs> <laughs> Those fuckers. <clears throat> so if we kept with the trend, this should have been the name of the album, two by four. Uh, cause every second album song, I think they broke that with black with album. Black with, album. Yeah. Up and until then they kept the same. My notes say, uh, to be fair. R-
3: black R- Album has a terrible song name. You're right. Absolutely. <laughs> this song think is called
0: excellent album name.
3: Do that for would be, but I mean, it's
0: like, just, you know
2: why they called it load though. Right? Cause it was supposed to be, it was supposed to be a double album. They were going to, uh, they were, they were going to do 30 songs. On a two CD set. And it was going to be a load of song. It's like blowing your load into it. Uh, and that was going to be it. But then well, when they were in the studio. They were like man. We're already in the thick of things. We still have so much more to do. We want to hit, get back on the road. And so they decided to split it up. Finish the songs that they had. That were along further enough. Save some for the next one. tour, And then they came back in. And they finished up the remainder for Reload. Mm.
1: So that's the story. That's why it wasn't called 2 by 4 there you go so uh i said in my notes groovy is the new thrash as in this is what they're accepting their fate as they're in the groove era it definitely Uh, this album is definitely groovy heavy but what the fuck is james singing about in this song like i don't know uh i literally laughed in my notes i wrote ha 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 because it's so
0: ridiculous
1: the lyrics of this fucking song um chorus does (laughs) the chorus does make you headbang a little bit like you kind of do get into it you know don't take no more two by four whatever right some of the change-ups are clever just not my favorite by a long shot the Mm -hmm. breakdown is metallica on acid just re-listen to that and think about that like metallica on acid and that little breakdown they do there it is very weird the guitar tones are not signature them that's my notes nick
0: (laughs) um (laughs) I wrote that I thought the lyrics were awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just so, it's, it's, it's funny. Um, I like the, I don't know if, it, if it's like the lead into the chorus or the chorus, but the friction, fusion, retribution, I like that sounds that was like totally different. Like they've never done vocals like that. I thought that was cool. And then the lead into the solo, uh, I thought was really, really cool. And it had a six solo in it. And I'm a sucker for solos. so. Mm-hmm. I liked it. I liked it.
2: You are the solo master. Yeah, solo master yeah. hitting it in. You know, I will say that Kirk really did a lot of cool stuff on here and, and uh you can say like maybe he fell in love with the wawa pedal on this album or he, wow 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 wow, he, he a lot wow of different wow. things here uh than just thrashing out another solo. Dick, what do you got for me on 2 by 4? I got Continuing
3: Departure. Mhm. <laughs> 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 A lot more simplified writing. Uh, music seems a lot more upbeat. It's an alright song. Uh, whereas, like, I actually prefer the first half of this album. Uh, this is probably my least favorite of the first half, I would say. This song has segments for me that I really
2: like. Uh, when I, uh, Upon my re-listen, it, 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 I found it... After Ain't My Bitch was kind of a high note coming right into this unlike the black album and maybe some other albums where like the track two kind of continues that right in this album, this next song was like a a little bit of a pullback for me. So I, I kind of felt myself like not kind of not into it. So yeah, it's kind of not my favorite either. However, like Nick has said, I I love that friction fusion part. It's got like very catchy, you know? So I'm going to give my rank right at the top here. I gave this song. A six.
1: Nate, what'd you give us? 5.25, my friend. You and your points. I'm sorry. It's how I roll. Nick.
0: 6.75.
2: 6.75. And Dick. Six. Six. Well, we're kind of all in the same little vibe in that little area. So that's kind of interesting. The next song also, we, we haven't hit a single yet. Uh, we're about to, but this next song is not one either. Uh, This, uh, this next song is also one of the longer, like the third longest song on the album, the house that Jack built or the house Jack built with Lars, James and Kirk, again, having writing credits here, the house that Jack built. Um, Nick, we'll start with you. What do you, is there anything that jumps out to you right away with this one?
0: Uh, I really like this song um i like the intro uh in the 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 second section it leads into i thought this, uh, the way they did that was awesome it was really eerie um i like the lyrics i think the lyrics are super cool mm-hmm. um in the guitar solo he does this frampton-esque talk box uh, kind of a talk box yeah stick. yeah that, that i really really liked um yeah i i liked it it was one of i, I really like this first um this first whole half of the album, I thought they—I think they came across strong as hell. Um,
2: and at, as I said, they—he they, really experimented with a lot of different things for the for the solos, and it was really the perfect time to do so. If you're going to be changing up the overall feel of the band, just try to throw
0: it all in there, try what? to figure out what what works.
2: Yeah, go in there, just <clears throat> do a bunch of different stuff. Dick, what would you think about House of Jack built?
3: Uh, I don't have a lot of notes for this one, uh, but I'd have a couple things to say in my head. If I remember, um, house Jack built, it's slowed down. It's heavier. Mm-hmm. Lots of wah talk box. Yep. <laughs> so yeah. Well, after you said the, the Frampton talk box, I was like, Oh, sweet. I wasn't the only one that heard it. <laughs> but I no, uh, it. I, yeah, I, I, dug it too. And that's kind of, I, I think I heard it kind of towards the end, maybe during the solo or something. Mm-hmm. um, but no, I, I love that the uh, the chorus which I believe is the the higher you are the farther you fall that part. I like that that just windiness of it. It's it's just it's like it's spiraling. It's a it's cool a groove that
2: he gets with the lyrics yeah.
3: with that vocal.
2: Yeah. And what I really like too is that when it comes into the last one, he goes into it like a he brings up the octave a little bit instead mm-hmm. of like and so it's like he does it on some songs. Uh, there's another song that he does it um where. It, you know, like he sings it. It's the same thing. You've already heard it, but he sings it a little bit higher just to
3: emphasize it that we're from like like a songwriting and like production standpoint. It's you have to, Mm -hmm. it's a crescendo. Like (laughs) you got to make that final chorus really stand out. uh, Just because it's gotta be huge. It's gotta, you're closing the song out. Yeah. Nate, what do you got for me?
1: I love this song. Honestly, like, I have always been a big fan of this song. First time I heard it, it it hooked me in. Uh, The slow building intro explodes into an, again, we're going to use the word groove. It's the groove. It hits me. The groove hits me. Uh, James is very sinister sounding, and his vocals in this song set a mood. It's not just about setting the tone. He's setting a mood, and that's very important to note. Uh, The chorus is absolutely hands down in the entire catalog of Metallica, and I cannot stress those words enough, one of my all-time favorites just like you guys were talking about how it winds and builds and everything. Um, you t- uh, Nick said something about the Frampton. I wrote Jovi, the Bond Jovi talk box, because that's where my brain went. Because I was thinking, oh, they're fucking pulling off a Jovi move, uh, which is still awesome because it, it's not expected,
2: but it definitely fits the song. A little bit then- more prominent than track three of the last album, where it's there, like what uh, holier than now, where it's there but turned way down. And this
1: one, they're like, nope, bro, all the way up. Yeah, Sure, bring it on. Uh, then after that, when they're going into that final chorus, Lars kicks into a halftime beat. He drops the tempo down. And that fucking slays me oh, yeah. every time. I'm just there for it. This song is the song that just keeps building. No pun intended. Love it.
2: Cool, awesome. Uh, so uh, we'll go ahead with the rankings. Dick, what was your rank? Uh, I'll go ahead with a seven and a
0: half,
2: 7.5. Nick, yeah, 7.25. 7.25, Nate, eight, eight. I gave this song a seven as well. We're, we're, we're again, we're right in that little area, same area there, seven, 7.5, 7.25, and eight. We were building up. Uh, no, this song is a pretty cool song. Uh, it, again, it, it's it's a sleeper it's a song that you're never gonna hear them play live, probably. It's a song that um you know, if you're just a casual fan and you're hearing them on the radio, you're never gonna hear it on the radio. Yeah, you, you have to literally load up no pun intended uh-huh. this album and <laughs> hit play to even hear it because you're just not gonna get it. But the next one is our first single. We got our first single on the album, and this was the first single released in May, twenty first of nineteen ninety six. So about uh, just about a month and a half before the album came out, they dropped "Until It Sleeps" with James and Lars having writing credits. Uh, A very different sounding single from them to come off number one uh, at the very beginning. Dick, what do you got for me on "Until It Sleeps"?
3: Okay, so, so this what really sucks is so I wrote my notes. And I swore, I swore I would listen to the album one more time and write over my notes. I never got around to doing that because I have, I pretty much only write my notes when I'm working out in the gym and I didn't get to work out a lot. So, but uh, my notes say another slow one stripped down until chorus, chorus is catchy, memorable. I like adding on to that this song has become like a tie for my favorite song on the album. Cause I, I just, the set like listening to it again, or maybe it just out of the blue got stuck in my head while I was working and not talking to anybody. And uh, so it, it gets stuck in, it gets stuck in my head. So I'm like, I got to hear it again. So I hear it again. And I'm like, Holy fuck. This song is awesome. Um, I just love the lyrics. I love uh, how the chorus slightly changes every time lyrically. Uh, not much, but I just, and then, the whole, I'll tear me open, make you gone, no more can you hurt anyone. I, I just love, like, the personalness of this song, and, like, I, uh, I can gush. <laughs> yeah, man, a lot of these songs
2: on this album uh, were very personal for James. Yeah. And, and that's something he's dabbled in, uh, going into, like, in the Black Album with Unforgiven, Nothing mm-hmm. Else Matters, and stuff like that. But then here, he decided to going to dive into it a little bit further, and he was hesitant. About putting those lyrics just right in the book for everybody to read, he wanted you to hear it from him, hear it from his voice. So that's why when you get the CD booklets or anything like that, you're you're getting snippets of handwritten stuff instead of just the actual full lyric sheet. Uh, So that's different. Uh, Until it sleeps, I I like what you said, uh, Dick, about it being about how it changes a little bit every single time because that makes you pay attention a little bit more to what he's saying and um i i love the intro again like the the vibe is different
3: the first yeah, one or- that really cool like almost like 70s yes
2: yeah even with the way the song ends with that like like little <laughs>
0: wow,
2: wow it's almost very groovy 60s 70s but still metallica they're finding different ways to experimenting with different shit uh, uh that that little uh, bass intro dum dum Dum, 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 it's really cool. I love it when they start songs off with the bass because it really harkens back a little bit to the love of Cliff even though this is Jason and they you know they would they do it a little bit again like later on with Rob as well. It's, it, it's really cool stuff. but Nick, what do you got for me on Until it sleeps?
0: Uh, I love this song. Um, I, I have it uh, the opening riff is amazing. Uh, the guitar is doing the verse. I really like what they're going for. The vocals are just awesome, every step of the way, um, and uh, I love the little guitar diddly in the middle of the song. Um, that's my, that's what I can describe it. I thought it was it was a little diddly, not a solo necessarily, um, mm-hmm. but I I love this song. It's awesome. It's one that I not I don't think I'd heard before.
2: Really, um, and it's
0: definitely. I, I think it's it's probably my favorite track on the album.
2: It's awesome. Uh, I I this this song definitely has vibe. You know, it definitely vibes.
1: Nate, what do you got for me on vibe? Do you vibe this Uh, fucking jam? First line fucking jam because I love this song heavy and emotional, Uh, a gem of this era. Uh, Dick, you literally the only lyric I have from this tear me open, make you gone. You quoted that. So it's perfect. Uh, Nick said something about the little diddly. I put solo is basic, but impactful. Cause like you said, it's not really a solo. It's just kind of a little guy there. The bass outro is awesome and moving. And uh, I really love this song now quickly to just go backwards just for a second. Cause I wanted to confirm something. The house that Jack built never been played live.
2: Okay.
1: Until it Whoa. sleeps has been played 242 times live All <laughs> information. If you really want to go through while we're doing this and look at all the different songs they've played on tour, Go to Metallica.com. You can go to their songs and lyrics section and every song you click on will tell you whether or not they've played it after the lyrics are there and how many times they've played it and what shows that they've played it at. It's I will- so
3: funny because you just said it's been played until it sleeps has been played 242 times. That's probably nothing to them. <laughs> that's probably and the amount of shows they've played. It's, it's that's less probably- than a year of <laughs> shows for them. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's nothing.
2: Maybe that'll be your thing, Nate, whenever we do a song now from now on. <laughs> Here we are right in the smack dab middle of the discography. We'll go through. It's like we're changing stuff. We're adding new flavor. Here we go.
3: I mean, yeah, go. it could take some editing, but we could just reinsert something. Just little- <laughs> it, it, like we're talking and talking and then all of a sudden, and this song was played 100 and 100 <laughs> <laughs> And it we'll just goes it. back like the tone completely shifts it's just You're like who the fuck said that even it's be- and now it's
0: time for a tidbit it'll be funny
2: if, like if we just sat down and recorded like an hour of all those for the ones we've already done and we just edited them in and so like we're sitting there talking and we just edited it and it's like really awkward and we're wearing different shirts and it's
3: just absolutely <laughs> jarring.
2: oh that's uh, awesome anything else on
1: until it sleeps Nate no uh and I'll just cause I think are we jumping right into rank right yep. now yep that's it 8.5, my brother.
3: 8.5. Dick? Uh, 9.5. 9.5, yeah. Nick? one wanted a 10, but I got criticized for that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you rank however you want to rank, boo. Rank them, man. These, do These it. are your
3: songs, man. Rank them. Nine
0: and a
2: half.
3: I'm, I'm sticking to and a half. Nick? I
0: give eight and a half as well. Eight and a half. Awesome. I gave this song a nine. We're vibing, Nate. You and I are vibing. Yeah. i album.
3: <laughs> telling you, man. Uh,
2: <laughs> No, this song's awesome, man. And And... When you're thinking about songs on this album that can be singles that are going to bring people in to like let you know what this is about, but also think about length of song. It's like you know when you're going to play something on the radio, do you want to do what they did with one when it first came out and do cut parts of the song to make it five and a half minutes instead of the seven or eight? You know that kind of sucks. You're missing parts of the song.
3: Yeah. Meanwhile Queen get double songs. Right, yeah. Queen right. like ten minute epics. And then
2: Bohemian Rhapsody gets the whole playthrough and Yeah.
3: Which is I'm not I don't have not that I take issue with that. No, they're like, fucking Queen. Gonna, but I mean do that, do that with Metallica too. Just well and now they do. Now if they
2: play one on the radio, it's the whole song. Which is cool. But like even when uh when they did the video version or single version of Saint Anger, they, they chopped that up and make it shorter. And it's funny because you would think that would make it better. But it, but it's kind of jarring because of how that where they put the chains ups and everything. It's kind of weird with and, and that's just how that album and song. That, was, that's what you meant. was just written.
3: <laughs> but I mean, spoilers, let's not get into the same. No, anger. no,
2: no, 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 no. I, I, I was just for, you know, <laughs> no, for uh, looking at um, comparison. The next song is also a single. I believe it was the last single. Released What's in January crazy. 97 and it is wait, is that right? Yes. King nothing.
3: It's crazy to me that this is the last single on the album because it was like the only song I knew off this album.
2: <laughs> well, this song has been the one song from the album besides until it sleeps, that like still gets radio play uh, yeah. to this day, but King I knew nothing.
3: it from our hero Metallica.
2: Sure. As you would, but, uh, this song was written by James, Lars, and Kirk and um, is essentially enter Sandman all yeah. over again. Yeah. From totally. conception to song design to beat. It has an intro, the pre-thing, the main riff, the verse, the pre-chorus, chorus, k- verse, pre-chorus, chorus, solo, interlude, where you would do the now I lay me down to sleep be careful what you wish. Wow. Build back up into the into the outro. And then they end it in the last words. James, and
3: they're like, off to Never Never Land.
2: James says, off to Never Never Land. At the very end, they literally basically pulled a nickel back. Before Nickelback pulled a nickel back. <laughs> and wrote Inner Sandman again. And it's also not the last time that's going to happen. We're gonna get Wonder. another one.
0: Oh yeah! Ascenti- I'm never gonna hear the song the same again.
2: <laughs> well, and the thing is, is that you can. I actually love this song, and it, in a way, I actually like. I, I think the song is a, is a better Sandman than Inner Sandman is. I think it's better written, uh, and I, and I think it's more creative. While still, they're still, they they basically have they on 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 their whiteboard, like you know, making a you know make it how you know. How to Make a Song for Dummies, Inner Sandman Edition, and they just redid it. And uh, but it works. It absolutely works. And uh, it's one of my favorites on the album. When I hear this on the radio, which is still kind of rare to hear anything from the Load era other than Fuel on the like on the radio. When I hear King Nothing, I get jacked. I'm like, Yeah, King Nothing. Hell yes. And uh, but it is one of my favorites on the album. We'll go with Nick. What do you got for King Nothing?
0: Uh, I loved it. Uh, The verses are super cool. I like the lyrical content, Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it's one of the uh, it's got one of the best solos on the album. I agree. Very sick solo. Dick. Uh,
3: big single to me. Fun song. Verse bridge is more black album. Metallica. Yeah. Uh, it's a, ca- is, it's got that really it, catchy main riff as well. Well, it, it,
2: the, yes, very catchy. But the fact that this was pretty much a resample. Yeah. This, this, the, this song is the most black album on the album. Like, and, and I mean, there's a reason for it, but
3: I might disagree with you on that one oh, but but I think so. later on. All right. Uh, Nate, yo, let's get
1: into these notes. Literally, King Nothing in parentheses, Sandman two, two. In my fucking notes, I wrote it. It's there. Uh, slow phaser fade in transitioning to the bass intro. Bass intro, just fucking like slaps. Oh, no. uh, <clears throat> heavy Sandman vibes, as we said. Fist pumper. Uh, Kirk is in the zone with these leads. He is <laughs> dialed in and there, just like on autopilot, playing at his top, top notch uh i wrote where's your crown because that's one of my favorite fucking things in this (laughs) song it's so goofy but it gets me every time The, the bass breakdown really sets the song up like to to jump off a cliff for the ending like not to be weird and morose about it bass cliff ending just saying but um and then off to Never Never Land at the at the end there. I love King Nothing again to just uh mimic what you guys are saying about it. It is a fantastic track that I've always been a fan of. And this is a song that at some point when we're on a later album, this is going to be talked about as something that should have been done for that album from me. Cool. So, anyways, that's all I got for King Nothing. Is it Dick's turn now? Uh
2: well, I mean, are... Dick already talked. Oh. But I'm, like, I, I, yep. Yeah. yeah. How many times has this song been played live, Nate? Do you have that thing up?
1: I do. I Let me get it right now. Let's do it. Let's that's check your job our now. Numbers. Nick is yeah. solos.
2: Okay. Mine is <laughs> general information.
1: Okay. I'm yeah. 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 He's that. This, this number is pretty impressive. They've performed the song 356 times. However, they last played it in January of 17. So it's hmm. been a while since they've played it. But 356 performances. They first performed it in San Francisco in 96 and their last performance of it was in Beijing, China.
2: Interesting, that's cool. Awesome. All right, so let's hit nice. the ranks. The ranks um Dick, hit me with your rank.
3: Go with a 9.
2: 9, Nick. 7. 7, Nate. 8.75. 5. I also gave this song a Oh name. no.
1: Brando, we've lost your audio, my friend. You lost me? Oh, there you are. Yeah, okay. that was really weird. You went mute for a second.
2: I mean Am I still Okay, yeah, I mean, I'm still here. You're here. I'm I'm recording on my end. I better be here, damn it. Uh um, Good, good. <laughs> <laughs> so like, yeah, anyway, no, I also gave this song a 9. I, the 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 song kicks I love the bass intro. I love the solo. Uh, you know, it's funny because a lot of people think about Kirk's lead guitar playing as like his heyday being in like the early albums, but I really feel like he's coming into a different version of himself here. Um, that maybe that that maybe he would kind of get lost in for a little bit before he would kind of reemerge as really being some have some some true awesome leads. The next song, not a single, I don't think. Uh, yes, it was my bad. Second single. September uh, of '96, Hero of the Day. All uh, of their singles
1: are in a pack, by the way.
2: Yes, they are. And you can actually uh, put them all together to make a uh, an image or something like that. Interesting. And, uh, really cool idea to do that. But um, Hero of the Day is completely different. Another uh, James Lars and Kirk uh, written song coming out of uh, the video for this song is really weird. Uh, the only thing that I remember, <laughs> the only thing I remember is like uh, them being on like a Jeopardy style of of set, and Newstead hosting Jeopardy, <laughs> and, and like the other three members are playing Jeopardy. It's so that sounds it's very 90s, awesome. And, <laughs> okay. Well, and they did like it, it was like somebody watching TV, and they did like a bunch of TV little spoofs or whatever. But well, I'm I'm thinking mall rats right now, like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the the song is definitely different. It has a it a, a different feel. I mean, coming off, I mean again, that's that word's been thrown out a lot. If you're if you're doing an, if you're doing a drinking game for the word different, and load, I'm <laughs> um, just on this episode, you're already like on the floor. But but I really I like this song. I think it's kind of cool. It's it's got a different feel than everything else uh, so far, even from like the kind of groovy stuff as before. Um, Nate, we'll start with you uh, this
1: time. What do you got for Hero of the Day? Beautiful ballad intro. Mm -hmm. The bass in this song is all over the place. like It does a lot of different things while still keeping the groove and the foundation of the song. Uh, I will say, go back and listen. Who the fuck is the third guitarist in the second verse of the song? Because there's definitely three guitars playing, and I know only James and Kirk play guitar. So how they pull that off live or whatever, a lot of questions and technicality there. Uh, I will say that this there's a double time section in there, the Now Your Dreams and Waking Screams, where it really kicks up there, um, is the heaviest so far and fastest on load. It's, where they, they, it's like strange that that's where they chose to like really go thrashy, but that's where they did it. Uh, it, was,
0: it was very weird
1: very positioned very strangely but i i, I like <laughs> yeah. it um really cool but buried lead at the outro if so you listen there's a lead that's happening and you can't hear it hardly at all unless you're listening with your zoom and your headphones and <laughs> i'm gonna get you every time with that it's a pop uh but that's all i have for notes yes i love hero of the day it's a great song nick what you got
0: uh i like the lyrics They're you know heartfelt um I specifically wrote that the interlude to the solo is very strange, and I, it, the solo itself was lackluster. Um, but overall, I did like the song. I, it was a total change of pace, um, but I liked it.
3: Dick? So, um, listening, going through all these albums, I'm kind of new. To, this is like the first new album for me. Okay. Uh, so, as I've been going along listening to Kill em All, I'm basically listening to in the order that if people were there from the beginning and stuck with them. Yeah. Yeah. And so like there's, there's obviously a giant drop off with this album, you know, like you're, you're not expecting it. And if you're wanting the heavy, like master of puppets, kill them all ride the lightning Metallica, you're not getting it. And so like uh coming off of black album into this, I was, it, it, it was a giant drop off for me. But the more I listened to it, the more I really got into it. And like, this is one of those songs that I wasn't vibing the first couple times I listened to it. Just because it's, again, it's not my father's Metallica. Um, But it's a soft song. It's still upbeat. And then it just kicks in out of nowhere. And uh, it's got this really cool mixture of vocals and guitar production-wise. And I, I really dug that when I wrote my notes for it.
2: Oh, I really love the vocals near the end of the song uh really cool uh way that they do that um i i dig the song but i also a little bit of a little preamble for something that we're going to re- talk about later it could be better it definitely could be a little bit better i i feel like it reaches a certain point and then it doesn't really get past that point but i'll i'll kick off the ranks this time i gave it an 8 um i think it's a pretty solid song uh up there but could be a little bit better. Uh, we'll go with Dick. What was your ranking for this one?
3: I'm gonna go seven and a half.
0: Seven,
3: uh, seven, uh, I, I like like Nate said, the double time part is really what does it for me in this song. All right, we'll go with Nick next. I
0: gave it six point five. Six point
2: five. Nate.
1: Nick and I are very different on this song because I gave the song a nine. This is wow. one of my favorites on the album. Wow. I mean, we did get
2: a, effectively a version of six, seven, eight, nine. So. Um, <laughs> We're we're vibing it But in a different way here um, <laughs> No, no, this song's pretty cool But the next song Is, is to, to come from like King Nothing Which was kind of a cruncher Not a super thrashy song Of course there's not much of that here anyway Hero of the Day kind of brought us down Still kept the tempo up uh, This next song brings the tempo
1: Down One second though 71 live performances, my friends.
2: Oh, for, for, for Hero of the Day?
1: For Hero of the Day. Just cool. wanted to throw it out cool. there. Awesome. Thank
2: you for that tidbit. I kind of forgot about it already. <laughs> it's okay. I'll yeah, try not trying to it. forget about it. He, we started it say. midway
1: through. We're going to abandon it two seconds
2: later. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we move on, uh, since, we did, since we started it for House That Jack Built, or House Jack Built, I keep saying House That Jack Built. Sure. Uh, but do you want do you want to go back for Ain't My Bitch and 2x4 and do those as well? Sure,
1: just so we can have the complete completion yeah, just little, of this album. Uh, uh, we'll they're, they're right at the top here, so pretty easy to look at. Uh, Ain't My Bitch has been played a grand total of 174 times. Surprising that thought. that gets played more than Hero of the Day, actually. 2x4 has been played, anybody got a guess? 20. 12. Dick 42 Nick was the standout closest 10 total performances of two by four and the last one was in January of 2000 wow. wow so they they only played it in a small five-year chunk yeah a couple times
3: I think it's for the best
1: <laughs> probably probably
2: <laughs> at this point I, I tell you what though if I went to see Metallica live and because you're always because every time Metallica, they, like you go see them now, you know, you're going to get a cool mix of songs, but there's no way they're getting out of the arena without playing one Master of Puppets, <laughs> Sandman. They have to like because there's going to be the people who went there that said, man, they didn't play Master of Puppets. They didn't play Sandman. I mean, I could go without seeing them play Sandman. That'd be fine. I know they're going to do it, but that's fine. But if, but but if I'm sitting there having a good time and all of a sudden I hear the the tun 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 tun, 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 tun I'm like what <laughs> I it would make me pop to hear two by four get played
1: live down to down to down out you're like oh
2: shit there because it would just be so different and unexpected I would actually be into it Um the next song track seven bringing the tempo down and another man this is a triad a trifecta of uh writing credit here james lars and kirk this song is not a single i had to double check shockingly myself. well it's also the second longest song on the album in eight minutes and 18 seconds this song is bleeding me and as a, a basically a ballad uh, but a different different kind of ballad it, it, it's kind of hard to just describe it's a very personal song to say the least but i love this song this song has a really cool vibe to it it's it's kind of hard it's, it's kind of a hard song for me to just put on while I'm driving because the tempo is so slow. but it's one of those songs that once you kind of get a minute or two into it then it kind of like you then you're vibing it. but uh we'll start with Dick on this one Dick, what do you think about bleeding me?
3: So Brandon, uh, I came to you at work mm-hmm. kind of like a week or two ago.
0: yeah and
3: I said, Brandon, I think I found a new favorite Metallica song. And you're like, what, what you, you perked up and you're like, what's that? And I said, me, and you're like, dude, that is such a good song. Uh, not to give away what you're about to say. But <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> uh No, I, I again, this is one of my, uh, I'm listening through again. And I, it just caught my ear the second or third time I listened to it. And I'm like, whoa. Th-. And it's not even that the song itself, it's just like, once the chorus kicks in, I'm like, whoa. Cause it's, it's it just, one of those notes that you hear when you hear it as it's entering into the chorus, it's like, Oh, it just gives, it sends chills down your spine. Mm-hmm. Um, my notes say trippy guitar work into in intro and verses. And just like, uh, again, it's just the the way he's singing. It's like, it's that very seventies vibe. Um, and then real chill song starting out chorus kicks in and suddenly this is my favorite track on the record. Loves James's voice in the song. Chorus is huge, vocal harmonies sound great. Super feely song, and I love it.
1: Awesome, Nate. Okay, I've got here. This is a musical jigsaw puzzle, uh, especially in the verses. Everyone's doing something different. All the all the different. And in- stringed instruments are doing something definitely a little bit different. There's a hidden ad- added layer of bongos mixed, really, really deep. Again, headphones, listening device, you can really hear that. Uh, mm-hmm. The bongos in there, really buried, but cool, cool buried. Uh, James singing about life on the road, possibly just like giving it all, you know. I mean, they toured extensively after the mm-hmm. Black album. So, m- bleeding me, you know, hold on to wheels roll. I take the least bleeding me, you know, it can't stop touring to save his soul because it's it's what's driving him to even be alive. It's it's a very personal song. Uh The change about five minutes in becomes an infectious jam when it just switches on you. And um, the super Wawa solo is a uh, is awesome. Uh brilliant! Return to the intro for the climactic outro. Oh
2: man, that when they come back into it at the end, it with like with the distorted guitars and they're playing that same riff again. Mm-hmm. Ooh, and they just—I I like it because it, it, as you said, there's a kind of a change, a tempo change, and it, like a mood change, and it comes out of that with that to just to just slowly slow it back down to drop right into that intro thing again. And then it's like, I'm digging my way. It made spray back into it. I like it. Very, very artsy. Nick, wait, like what you got?
0: Uh, I love this song. Another, another one of my favorites. Uh the intro is awesome, it has an awesome sweet buildup. Uh the, the lyric structure is unique um in the verses, the way he builds like he builds it up. Yeah. Um uh, I put, guitar breaks are sick, mid-song breakdowns are sick And callbacks are sick. (laughs) Um, Hell yeah. Pretty all right solo leads into a really slick multi part solo. Mm -hmm. Um, Because when you think it's going to be done, it's like, nah, dog, I got another solo coming, man. I was just warming (laughs) up. Uh, I I really liked it. Banger. Banger.
1: Banger material. Certified banger. It has been played quickly 161 times. Mm -hmm. Last being played November of 2018. Oh, man, that's going to be... See,
2: that's recent, too. It, uh, I'll they're going to go and try and find that somewhere? See, see I, that. I
3: watched that uh, one of the nights that I was just binging live Metallica performances. I, mm-hmm. I watched that song because, again, it, it was recently stuck in my head. So I was like, I wonder what this sounds like live. So I checked that out, and then I checked out the S&M performance.
2: Spoilers. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I can't wait to talk about S&M. Uh, it's rank time? It is rank time. We'll start with Nick.
0: I gave it an 8. 8.
3: Dick. Since it's tied with my favorite song, I'm going to give it also a 9.5. 9.5. Nate. It's an 8.75 for me, my buddy. I gave this song an 8
1: as, well, it's really great song.
2: Banger material, As as, as, as that has been said. The next song, we have reached officially the latter half of the <laughs> album. <laughs> and will um, <laughs> just do this for the rest of the album. This part will be quick.
1: <laughs> well, okay,
2: so um, uh, track 8 is not a single. Has James and Lars. <laughs> <Thank> th- <God. laughs> this song is called Cure. And uh, we'll start with Nate this time. Nate, what are your thoughts on Cure? It's never been played live. That tells you all
1: you <laughs> need to know. <laughs> uh,
3: <laughs>
2: um,
1: baseline, okay, this is my notes. I swear to God. It says, baseline being audible is about only good thing about this song. Angular in an unenjoyable way. I don't need the cure. Is this the end? Nope, still going. A minute and 22 <laughs> seconds to go. What the fuck? I don't believe this.
3: <laughs> All right, are we ready for ranking? No, nah, not yet. Not yet.
2: <laughs> I just want to say I actually do like the the riff. The... That's the only part of the song I really like. <laughs> Because uh, I, I I really don't like the verse riff or anything like that. Uh, Nick, what do you got? Anything for Cure?
0: Nothing special. Lyrics don't interest me at all. Dick, just boring.
3: Album takes a turn. <laughs> <laughs> songs begin. Songs begin getting super dry and forgettable. Song feels like it belongs on a different, more boring album. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not.
0: Probably should have been in the trash bin of the load songs, but Yeah.
2: Here we are. Here we are. Song great. <laughs> Dick, do you want to start the rank? Uh, five. Five. Nick. Four. Four. Nate. The countdown continues. Three. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I was more kind to this song than I guess anybody else was. You like uh, that?
3: House?
1: I like the riff, so I gave it a seven. Yeah.
2: <laughs> highest,
0: highest. Double highest thumbs rate. down.
1: <laughs> I will say, a purely Metallica song, this is my lowest rated song. Really? Cure is your discography. Aired. I fucking hate this song. Like, the my notes say it all. That bass line being audible is the only thing I can get in. Even the riff, I just, uh, uh, nah, not my jam. And, like, like I said, they didn't play it live ever. Are you saying that riff is stock? It is fucking stock. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh man! If you're a Metallica fan and you get that, props off to you. The next song, <laughs> "Poor Twisted Me." Uh, um, this was another James and Lars classic here. Uh, <laughs> 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 oh man! <Whew>. Classic. <laughs> Oh poor twisted me. Honestly this is all is to me personally more forgettable than the, than the last one. Okay. Yeah, but maybe that's a good thing because <laughs> 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 I don't know. Uh, we'll start with uh, start with Nick this time around. You got anything for Poor Twisted Me?
0: Another completely forgettable track. Doesn't, didn't stand out to me at all. Um, it's the even uglier brother of cure. It's just like, guys, <laughs> what, why you could have put these at the end or something. Like, why did you decide <laughs> to throw the trash in the middle of the album? Um, but yeah, I just, yeah, I, I'll just spoiler alert. I am kind to the next couple of songs. I didn't just lose total interest, but those two are particularly just like awful. Dick. Poor me for having to listen to it. Yes. Poor yes. Us.
3: Yes. <laughs> um, my notes say, meh, still bluesy, not my Metallica.
0: <laughs> Hashtag not my Metallica.
3: <laughs> okay,
1: so for the notes I've got, my notes say, ZZ Talica question mark, album filler, Eros Metallica, <laughs> identity crisis setting in on this song. That's all I wrote. It sucks so bad. It barely beats <laughs> Cure. I gave it a 3.5.
2: How many Ooh. times? It... Okay. How many times has it played live?
1: Four total times. Four, four times? All in 97 many. and 98. October 18th and 19th of 97, December of 97, and May of 98 are the only four times they've been played. Dick, what's your rate? Rank.
3: My rank? Uh, I'm going to go ahead with a 6.5. Thank
2: you for not making me feel like I'm being too too kind again.
3: I mean, I didn't really, and I didn't <laughs> love the song, but like, I'm not. I didn't hate it. It was just there. It, it's forgettable. I almost made you rank. I, I almost typed in sixty-six point
2: five <laughs> for you. That would have changed it up a bunch. It would have been <laughs> oh, greatest Metallica song of all time. <laughs> Unpopular opinion here, folks. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Nick, what do you got?
0: I gave it a 4
2: too. 4. All right. I gave it a 6. I
0: did.
2: Yeah, and it's it, it's very forgettable. I I feel like it's got a little bit better even though I rated it lower than Cure.
3: Uh man, I don't know. It I just- mean, imagine if you would have put me down for 66.5 and Metallica just for whatever reason happened to come across this whole series. <laughs> You're like, holy shit, Portal twisted me is <laughs> It's their highest rated song. What is wrong with these people? I know. It's like, (laughs) we got to play this more. (laughs) They
0: might not even remember the songs,
1: (laughs) but also Metallic. If you're listening, call us.
0: Right.
2: We'll continue. Uh, The next song is also not a single. Uh, A song is called wasting my hate. James Lars and Kirk. This is the shortest song on the album. And that's a good thing for us because we didn't have to listen to it that long. Um <laughs> This song isn't terrible though. Uh I, I do remember in my in back in the days of Ye, um when I was but a small wee lad and uh riding in the car with my friend Jason, we would jam to Metallic a lot, and he loved this song. He loved the little intro that and then the way that he sings the intro Is he loved it I, I I don't know why he loved it But I got a kick out of the fact that he loved it And the way that he would sing it <laughs> While he's driving along Good day. So I have good memories of the song But not because of the song itself Well maybe the song itself because he liked it um, The song is about I don't know I can't remember It was a story that James had heard about another artist, another somebody he had met, about how he was sitting in a diner and and some guy he was sitting in a diner with somebody eating dinner or something, and this guy was like outside the window, like and, he, and this guy thought that he was staring at him, like like the guy who was sitting there thought this guy outside was staring at him, and he started getting pissed, like why do you keep staring at me? So he goes out there to yell at the guy, and it turns out. He wasn't even staring at him at all. Like, I, I don't know if he was waiting for something else or he was looking at something else or maybe he would have been blind. I, I don't know. <laughs> but then he gets back in and he's like, man, I just wasted my hate on that guy, you know? So that's kind of what inspired the song. But um, I'm going to throw it to Nate. Nate's going to lead this one off. What, like, what do you got for wasting my hate? Uh,
1: this song is a bit thrashier, faster tempo than most of the album, actually. Mm-hmm. Really, even though it like grooves, it's still faster. Uh, Lars seems to be having fun. Lyrically, it's relatable, which I do enjoy. The transition to the final verse is super aggressive, and I enjoy the sudden ending of the song. Uh, That's my notes. I will say my notes also say wasting my hand,
3: (laughs) not hate. I wrote
1: wasting my hand. I think I was thinking all within my hands, and I
3: wrote wasting my hand.
2: (laughs) Maybe it was a waste of your hand to write these notes. (laughs) Yeah, it probably was. Um, how many times has it been played live? Exactly.
1: 100 times.
2: Wow. That is actually We're surprising. not expecting that at all. I know cool. I do. I, was you know, I mean,
3: it's a quick song.
2: Yeah, you know, it is a pretty quick song. Uh,
3: Dick, what do you think about this one? All right. My notes say, cool, racy riff. Sounds lacking production wise. Not wasting my hate on half this album or on this half of the album. But uh, as I pulled up the lyrics for it, just to kind of jog my memory of it, um, it does have notes on the actual song itself. It says, This song was a favorite choice of the San Francisco Symphony, but it was dropped from the S&M set list just days before the show. This song was only played live during the Poor Touring Me Tour. The first time was on September sixth, nineteen 1996 in Vienna, Austria.
1: Yep. My notes can confirm that.
3: The
2: fact that this was almost on S&M, <clears throat> entertains me
3: greatly <laughs> you know it, i could actually kind of hear it in my head like how the strings would be going that'd be cool nick what do you got
0: um Perfect. The <laughs> Perfect. it's uh yeah I put somewhat catchy um and i love the line uh <laughs> Wait, my like better to give than receive. I thought that was so funny. <laughs> like I'd rather hate than be hated motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, it's an all right song.
2: All right. Uh, Nate, we'll start back with you. What's your rank for this one?
1: 7.25.
2: Dick.
3: Uh
1: let's give it a
2: 6.9. All right. Nice. And uh, <laughs> you're like I am not giving this thing a 7.
3: I'm not gonna do it,
2: <laughs> Nick. I gave it a five. Five. I gave this song a seven. Probably just sheer out of near. I, I got to share nostalgia. It's it's not a terrible song. It's pretty quick. I, I, it's you know, yeah. Every everything that's already been said about wasting my ha- uh, wasting, wasting my hate. The next one though, we are on a single. This is the third single released in November of '96. The, and they did a video for it, which is very interesting. This is James and Lars at it once again. This is Mama said. And this is a probably the I mean there's a couple of ballad type songs on here, but this is a fucking ballad. Yeah. And this is uh probably if I just had to like throw it out there for him, probably the most personal of songs. For James. Man, this song has to cut deep. And um, I've actually watched him play it live by himself with just an acoustic guitar. So it's like, uh, that's kind of cool. But uh, this is one of my favorite songs in the entire album. It's different. It's got a uh, more of a twangy guitar or a country type feel outlaw. You know, this is kind of where, like, you know, you know, James has made appearances, like, on like some outlaw live stuff on CMT or whatever. And I, I kind of get that he kind of started that around this era and this song when he was writing it. It was just a completely different feel and what, it, what and what he was vibing. And uh, it's it's definitely one of my favorites. But we'll start with Nick on this one. What do you think about Mama Said?
0: I dug it. Um, I've had written right there. It's got that country feel. Mm-hmm. um i like the lyrics i don't know if it's a song that uh like if i go back to listen to load i don't know if it's a song i would seek out um but i liked it, it was another different another different one
2: yeah for sure uh like this this whole album with just the, them trying on different pairs of shoes to see what fits and what works for them and um dick we'll go to you next
3: well, adding to what you just said, like how they're just trying on different shoes and seeing what fits, like there's a lot of stuff on this album that uh, you will see throughout the rest of their discography mm-hmm. uh, that they do. I mean, especially with like James's uh, lyric writing. Mm-hmm. Musically, they definitely uh, take a turn back to the they, they take they take a more modern approach to their thrash metal of the '80s and Black album uh, sure. later on. But anyway, so. Um, I said, not a bad ballad, not their best. Uh, like Nick said, it's not something I would seek out on this album. Um, in terms of their ballads, like I'm sorry, you just this song doesn't hold a candle to like Unforgiven or Nothing Else Matters. But uh, again, the, like you said, it's super personal. Uh, I'm sitting here reading the lyrics, which is my first time reading the lyrics, and I'm I'm really connecting with them and the way he's kind of talk he, he loves you can tell he clearly loves his mother but he he sees the the negative that was instilled in him
0: mm-hmm.
3: of it um what else It's like it's an okay song to me james's voice is great
2: well you know it's like he kind of ran away from that or like his mom died pretty young and he kind of yeah. like rebelled against that nature and then as he got older you know, and would kind of got I don't know outgrew that immaturity or whatever. It was kind of like kind of understanding life more. And then he, you know he's looking back you know and kind of wishing he could have, you know, his mom there to talk to her or just whatever. But he can't because the because the only thing left there is just a headstone. So it's pretty 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 deep shit. Um, I saw a, a, a man. This is probably released like a, a year or two ago. They were doing something and they so they were asking some of the members of Metallica some questions like. You know who would you love to uh, jam with, or who would you know who would you love to have dinner with? And it, it's funny to hear like you know, Lars, like oh, you know, I'd love to, have, you know, John Bonham or so, you know, some of these like dead music legends or something like that. And James's answer was his mom and dad and Cliff. And He's like because they're not here anymore. You know, it's like I want to, ha- I would love to be able to sit down, eat, and talk with them.
3: You know, James always has like the most interesting answers when in interviews. I mm-hmm. think, because I mean, what you told me about how he does the meet and greets, how he prefers to—he doesn't want to talk about himself. He's—he wants to meet the fan. Mm-hmm. He's like, "I want to know about you." And I—I've I've always found James super interesting, like that.
2: He's also the kind of guy that if you see him out and about with like his kids or family, you know, he doesn't really like. He doesn't like the hey. Will you come up and take a picture with me and sign oh, yeah. this for, sign this thing? He, it, it, I he, never took him as that type. <laughs> well, he doesn't really like that. But if you go up to him and just say, "Hey, dude, I, I really appreciate you," and sh- you know, shake his hand. It's like I'm a, a longtime fan. He'll actually he 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 will accept that. He's like he he he's into the more personal. Like come up and say something to me. Don't just ask for a picture or or an autograph. It's like. Yep. It, I assume that maybe after he talks to you and vibes with you, maybe he'll say, "Hey, do you want a picture or something?" You know, maybe just depending on how he's feeling or how much is taken out of time of his day. But yeah, you no, know, he's a he's a different kind of cat. He's a different kind of rock star. Uh, Nate,
1: Mama said, "Yes, brother, it's my turn." Okay, Uh full acoustic intro with haunting vocals. Absolutely love it. Uh, it's a very sad song. Like it, mm-hmm. it can get you right in the oh, right in the throat. Uh, you guys all said it, but I put pretty much a country hit. It yep. would have been like top on CMT easy. Uh, I also said should have been on a James solo album. That would which be a cool yeah. thing. Oh, yeah. you needed to happen, I, I think. I still wait for that album. Uh, it probably won't. They're too dedicated. And after kicking Jason out for seeking something similar to that, they can't you know become what they said they didn't want to be a part of. Uh, the bridge There's is super fun. powerful. Uh, this song is great. It's just not textbook Metallica. I
2: absolutely the part of the song I love the most is coming into the last verse where he's like singing with a different force, mm-hmm. like Mama, now I'm coming home, and and instead of like the regular verses, and then he ends it with the the colds with the cold stones all I see, and then it dies down and brings back in Oof. with the let my, and it is really well done, really cool yeah. shit, but uh, Nate. We'll start with you We're with the rank this time, my friend. Eight. Eight. Dick? Uh, I'm going to go with seven and a half. Seven and a half, not 75. Nick? He had a 5.5. 5.5. I gave this song a nine. It's one of my favorites on the entire album. I love this song. Up next, not a hit, not a single, Thorn Within. Does anybody remember this song?
0: Uh, yeah. My notes I, mean, I have
2: notes. <laughs> Okay. My notes
0: say forgettable track.
2: Um, you know, you
3: not letting you guys see my notes. It's <laughs> no. not.
2: No. Mama said was played twice. Oh, thank you, Nate. And one of those times was just him by himself, I'm pretty sure. In fact, they both might have been just that him playing it by himself. I don't even think they'd done it on the uh, acoustic shows that they do yet, which would be awesome. But Thorn Within, I got nothing. This song does nothing for me. It's a song they tried. They made it, so I'm not gonna like be hateful of it. The thing is, is that if it's a song that I actually don't like, that's what I'm gonna give it like a low rating. But if I can listen to it and it's like it was there, I mean does anybody have anything to say? I mean, we have notes. Uh Nick Nick has
1: nothing. I got nothing. Mm-hmm. How about you guys? Let's start with Nate first. Uh Thorn Within, I put Struggle Within 2. It's track 12, the word within there. Similar. Is it accidentally a callback? Did they even mean to fucking do that? Uh, main, <laughs> m- main riff is catchy. I do kind of dig this song. Uh, it's moody, and it gives me some sad but true vibes, but that's really all my notes have. Dick? Uh,
3: well, if you would have saw my notes, you would have saw the title Thorn Within. With a uh, dash to separate from the title from the notes, and then nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I apparently, didn't write any notes for this. Song. <laughs> uh, and I'm sitting here looking at the lyrics, and I'm like having a hard time remembering this song at all. Is I'm tr- I'm trying to think of how the. the, the music Forgive went. me,
2: Father, for I have sinned. Is wow, this- wow. Musically, it fits in with the album. Yeah, it had like a lot of wah, right? Yeah, but like they've they've already done songs that have incorporated this style and things yeah. that they've done and those
3: songs are better. So this is is this that song that had like that really slow like drawing wah, like wow, wow. I don't know. Am I might I might. <laughs> no. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> it. Oh, that's it. All I gotta say about that. Um, 7.5 seven, mi- seven,
1: 7. is my rank. Well, how, how many times has it been played live? Nothing? No.
2: Nothing? Okay. Nope. 7.5 nope. is Nate. Nick, what was yours?
0: Yeah, five.
2: Five. Dick. I'm gonna go with five because I don't remember it. Five. I gave it a five as well. <laughs> gave it a five as well. The next song Ronnie. <laughs> <laughs> Ronnie, track thirteen. I don't think I said Thorn Thorn within did have James, Lars, and Kirk. This is James and Lars with Ronnie. Uh again, not a single. We're all done. We're all done with the singles now. Uh Ronnie is an interesting song. It it tells a story of this character. And I and I, I always like songs that do that. Instead of just like writing how he's feeling or whatnot, that like when you hear of like a just throwing it back like 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 a like an old Johnny Cash, a boy named Sue song that just tells the story or 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 the devil went down to georgia even <laughs> just it tells a story about that happening. Uh Ronnie's the same way. Um it's catchy. The the guitar riff is really weird, but I like it and I love the chorus. The chorus is catchy as hell to me. And uh that's that's about all I got to say about it. Uh, how about Dick? We'll start with you on this one. What do you guys say about um,
3: Uh Again, the, the the notes stopped at Thorn Within oh. title. Uh, I just didn't get a chance to continue writing notes, but uh, I remember telling you at work that this was probably one of my least favorites. <laughs> uh, upon listening further, it, it grew on me because it it does have that super catchy, twangy blues riff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say this is probably so far one of the least Metallica sounding Metallica songs I've ever heard Um, yeah the, <laughs> as
2: as we already said the last half of this album is very interesting yeah very interesting because it does almost feel like two different sides of the same coin uh, Nick <laughs> you got, you got anything um, about Ronnie nothing?
0: it's got a cool opening bit and catchy riff Um, I dig it, but it's nothing special. Yeah, it's not it's not one I'll seek out, but I don't actively despise it like I do. uh, Yeah,
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah. um, I kind of dig it. It 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 is a cool song. It's not one that I will just go. I want to listen to Ronnie today, but if it pops up on (laughs) if I've got shuffle on and it pops up, I'm like if I'm in the vibe for it, I I won't skip it. Nate, do you have any notes?
1: Yeah, it says happy with. Uh, it's heavy with now a more common topic you know when they wrote the song and they're talking about a kid shooting up a school and all that like that topic was kind of taboo and still not happening all over the country now it's just like okay a school shooting yep it happens all the time it's common occurrence which is really fucked up to even say but you know they were on top of it talking about a topic that was you know at the forefront of what was to come uh lyrically complex it's a toe tapper And musically, it's very simple. Those are my notes. Okay.
2: Uh, How many times has this song been played live? Goose egg. Goose egg. I (laughs) I already knew the answer to that one.
0: How can you write songs that you don't play live?
2: Great question. I love that. That's
0: wild. Even once.
2: Well, and and, and, and honestly, I think the thing is, is that once you've been a band at the high level of this, and you're on your sixth album, um, you're you're gonna play the singles here, maybe a couple other ones, and other ones totally don't make the cut. Um, but then you've always got to call back to your master of puppets, to your yeah. uh like at this black,
3: point, a so. you know, two-hour set, which I'm sure they were doing two-hour sets by this point. Like you can't fit everything in, and
2: the black album was
3: you just five done years. it the one
1: time. What well, one time? Right? Yeah,
0: <laughs> the one time. Right when you released the album,
1: just you could play. have played "Wasting My Hate" ninety nine times and just played Ronnie <laughs> yeah, one once, time. yeah, just one. Never have to play the Cure, Um never. Uh, a while
2: back, that should have been in the garbage bin. <laughs>
1: um, I would delete to that
2: one I delete that. <laughs> um, at, on the thirty year show, they did four days of shows at the Fillmore, and they played eighty nine songs in four days, and the only song that Ronnie in, yeah. Well, and the only song that they repeated each night was the ending. They ended with Seek and Destroy every night. Um, but they brought in, they they played a bunch of different songs. They started each night with a different instrumental, which they have four of main instrumentals, right? And uh, they did say, James, like, hey, see if you can guess this one. We're, we, this song we'd never played before. Someone's like, someone said, like, that one. He goes, no, we're not playing that one. <laughs> you know, and then, yeah, he said, like, and Ronnie? No, no, it's good. It's close, though, you know? So, yeah, uh, I think yeah, I got my – I'll start with the rank here. I gave Ronnie a 7. Nate, what would you give
1: Ronnie? 6.75, my dude. 6.75. Nick?
2: Here's 6. 6 and Dick. Dicks and a half. Did you just say dicks and a half? That's
0: what it sounds like. Dicks <laughs> and a half.
2: Okay. Yeah, uh, I, had to, I had to, like – Back that up I'm like wait a minute Hold up Dicks and a half That is
3: it That's a new ranking My ranking <laughs> New ranking here we... I'll like look at this And be like Dicks and a half What the fuck is that
2: <laughs> Alright guys We've we reached the last song
3: Yay The final Woo! song
2: on the album The Outlaw Torn Not a single uh, James Mars, Longest song on the album 9 minutes 49 seconds I actually had to cut this song down
1: There is an alternate version called the Unencumbered version. It's on one of the singles, I think.
2: uh, Uh, Yeah. Somewhere. Because the total album length is 78 minutes and 58 seconds. This is a long boy. Mm -hmm. This is long. And they had to cut it down. And at the end of the song, where they have kind of this jam thing. The Outlaw Torn is a very interesting song because it is a favorite of mine, but it's a hard song to want to listen to due to the length of it. It takes a lot to get into it. Um on the album version for sure. And uh mm. while it definitely jams and has some cool shit in it, man, it just it's not one I actively seek out all the time. I don't know about you guys, but uh let's start with Nick on this one.
0: Uh I like the intro. Uh and the build up was really good. Uh the interlude leading into the solo was sick mm-hmm. and it was a very cool solo. Um, I specifically really liked the last bit of, uh, lyrics. If I close my mind in fear, please pry it open. Uh, my face becomes sincere. Beware. I really, really liked that. Um, it was a good one. I thought it was, I thought it was a strong finish. It is I, a
2: strong finish. It, it, to me though, it's, it, it's hard sometimes to want to listen to this anymore because I've heard it a lot in the past it's just a long one because it's kind of like slowly builds up and it's kind of like the bleeding me thing where it takes a minute for you to where you're finally in the groove. I'm I'm driving along outlaw Torn comes on and I'm like, am I want? I don't know if I have
0: time to get into this. Yeah. uh,
2: It's like, by the time I'm wanting to listen to it, I'm going to have to sit in the driveway to
3: finish the song, you know,
2: (laughs) Uh, Dick, what do you got for me on outlaw Torn?
3: Uh, I, I, so I listened to this officially last night. Because uh, it was just when I finally was able to actually get to it. And uh, I remember Nate posting lyrics on his Facebook yep. a while back for this yep. song. And I was like, man, this song must be a really good one if he's posting the lyrics to it. Just nobody really does that anymore, Nate. No. I give a fuck. Fuck your rule <laughs> on no, Facebook. I <laughs> think that being like the most guilty party of doing that, uh, even up until like a few years ago. Yeah, Nick knows
0: <laughs> like
3: go through my memories, like especially back in like 2008 and maybe to 2010. It was like, that's all I posted was song lyrics that I loved. Um, but no, th- this, all I really have to say other than this is a great song is, uh, because Nick already pointed out the one part I was going to bring out the, and if I close my mind and fear part, I love that part. But the only thing I really have to say is, uh, this is probably the best finishing song that in four albums uh this is a s this is a song we should have had on the black album this is a song we should have had on um and justice for all not not maybe musically but in terms of quality yeah, and, I got gotcha. you
2: yeah oh yeah awesome Nate excellent.
1: Uh, okay, so I have lots of lots of lots of notes here. Um, I said Orion vibes musically in the intro. Okay, just it yeah. really it has it. It really does. It's there. Nice to hear more bass leading the charge because the bass is kind of really at the forefront musically of what they're doing, even though it's not the leader. Uh, big and epic again, powerful, atmospheric perfection. Again, your listening device, your headphones, you can get sucked into that song. Uh, we know what you're saying when you're saying listen <laughs> to vice Nate <laughs> your <laughs> I, coded
0: language <laughs> I'm just saving
1: the drunkards who are fucked up at this point for the amount of zunes they've heard oh shit there's another one
3: uh, well, that one was plural so yeah true James
1: truly <laughs> belting Gotta from do the shooter. heart
3: yeah Dunias. Uh
1: the chorus gets me every time that's why I posted those lyrics because lyrically I connect with that on such a deep level uh the bass lead breakdown is the precursor to a really wild solo section you know that builds back up and actually in the unencumbered version that section is a little bit longer is actually where some of that was cut is in that little build there um the bass breakdown with the fade up and guitars going down uh the down guitars leading into the groove at the end is epic this song is Looking at my notes, I'm pretty sure the highest rated for me on the album, and it is, yep, nice nine point two five. Man,
2: awesome. Um, how many times
1: has it played live before we move? Before before we move on to everybody else. So this number is surprisingly low, at only sixteen total performances, four of which. Were during the S and M sessions, so yeah, taking those away, it's only really been played twelve times.
2: And they played it live last year before S and M. They played it. Uh, they they brought it out live last year, uh, August
1: twenty fifth. Yep, like yep, a week before like, they did S and M. Mm-hmm. Kind of like in Germany, no
2: less. Yeah, they yeah they dusted it off a little bit and like, all right, let's get back into groove of this one. Try and figure this one out. This, this, this is a long one, guys. <laughs> all right, so uh, I gave the song a nine as well. It's really, as I, it's been said, a great closer, really cool vibe with this one. Uh, Dick, what was your rank? Nine. Nine, and Nick? I gave it a seven. Seven. Riding it a little bit lower there, but still a damn good song to end the album with. And that is it, guys.
1: We have. Reached. I can already tell you guys, this is going to be the lowest album we have ranked, I'm guessing. Has to be. It may be. It, it, uh, so far, it is. Yes, so
2: far it is. So So fucking what? Yeah.
3: Uh, <laughs> later. Later. Oh shit.
2: Oh yeah. No. Uh, anyway, my average rank was seven point five. Nate's was seven point one seven. Dix was seven point three eight. And Nick was six point two five. And uh that what? gives us a master rank of seven point zero seven. That ranks it just below Kill Them All, which I believe is at like a 7.25. Yes. No, 7.57. So
1: 7.5 there. So substantially lower, but still. Yeah. Uh, Especially when you're splitting hairs at points of percentages sure. when you get here towards the end. Yeah,
2: Yeah, exactly. But... As we said, the first half of this album kicks and then it drops off. And that's kind of where some of the rankings for this kind of drug it down a little bit. Was just from from track eight, it took all the way until like, you know, well, hey, this one has a few more. And then this one has a few more. And this one has less. And then you know, we finished pretty strong here. But overall, I feel like Load is a pretty strong album. Got some really cool tracks here. They tried a lot of different stuff. Yeah, some of it worked, some of it doesn't. But I commend them for trying something different because it's so difficult to be afraid to alienate fans. Like it would be like it, it, it's it's like a much different thing if you're like a smaller band in an area and you come out with a whole new look and feel, and then everybody who came to the bar or the small venue to see you is like, "What the fuck is this?" You know, I can imagine that Nate. That's what it like. That what that that that's what it was like when we saw that one. Uh, uh band up in chicago power fest that was local chicago for all those years oh had, rise
1: and ruin bro no no not they that one.
2: Oh, not that one no 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 it okay. was a different um there's something ion there's something like that you remember that
1: yeah i do and they got a new I lead do.
2: singer they were debuting the new, new lead singer you know they've been gone for a couple of years and the new, new lead singer came out and people were like what <laughs> And then it was just over. They 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 lost the crowd for about two bands. After that, it was pretty bad.
0: Oh yeah, they did. But overall, uh, Nick, what do you think about Load? I was pleasantly surprised. Um, I didn't have a whole lot of expectations because I've only I've only really listened to sprinklings of the second half of Metallica's discography as a whole. Yeah, Um, Load wasn't one that I'd really listened to a whole lot. and it, i was very pleasantly surprised i remember working my way through it and saying like there's a couple songs on here that i'm definitely coming back to um that are definitely going to start to be put into regular rotation um so it was great it was a fun experience i'm i'm glad to. uh I, it, it gave me hope for the rest of the discography to get in and, and listen to albums i haven't listened to very hard and uh and find gems from yeah um a band that i love so much
2: well it, it, you know and that's a really good part of doing a project like this to give you a chance to do that because you you can get a preconception about what an album uh, like it has it's like oh that that album's not very good yeah, they, they change this or you know even going into something like saying anger later like oh man that i heard that album just sucks everybody shits on it but there might be one or two songs on there like that one though that one
0: and when you add all those up, you know they yeah. got such a big discography. Yeah, you, you get you get two or three songs on an album, and next Man. thing you know, you like you like a whole fuckton of songs that you never even heard before.
3: Exactly, Dick. What do you think about Load? Uh, just like Nick said, it was a surprise for me. Uh, coming in, I was disappointed. Uh, besides the song, the couple songs that I knew, which is pretty much King Nothing, and maybe another song. Um, and then it was just oh, Mama said, Mama said was the other song. And uh but the more I listened to it, the more it grew on me and the more I really just fell in love with I mean, especially with Until It Sleeps and Bleeding Me and then Outlaw Torn. Um just fell in love with those three songs. Uh yeah, great album. Nate, Better than Nate. I thought originally thought. Awesome. Nate. I
1: really connected with this album because in my journey of Metallica, I was soaking up everything from M backwards all at the same time. So a lot of these songs really are in the fabric of why I love Metallica so much. Cause they're a very versatile band. Like I said, a couple episodes ago or last episode or whatever, how they're like baseball. Sometimes you hit home runs. Sometimes you have to bunt the ball. Sometimes you need to strike out to win the fucking game and cure struck out. But overall the album <laughs> is still very special and fun to me. I will say to kind of like look at the bigger picture. If I was Metallica, I would have taken everything that was great on reload, all the songs that were great on load and had one album instead of having a lot of filler between those two albums that don't hit as hard. You could if we it. would have had like, if if you took fuel memory remains unforgiven 2 and added it with the first half of that album up and and through bleeding me with the exception of adding outlaw torn, you would have a home run, bestseller because after i mean there's very little on reload not to spoil that but that really hits as well so i think that they you know had a great idea want to do a double album oh kiss did it and other people have done it but sometimes the execution is key execution wasn't quite here um but yeah um
2: so in, in my metallica journey i went from black album started there and then i went and on christmas i got SM and Kill 'em all very different oh, you know yeah. when i first heard Kill 'Em all i'm like what is this? This sounds terrible. (laughs) You know? And then I got my, my fourth one was Master of Puppets. I went straight to there. Got Master, because I love Master of Puppets on, on like on S&M. And then the next album I got was Load. So I'm like bouncing all over the place. All over the place. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it, this album got a lot of heavy rotation during that early era because I could, I, it wasn't like Spotify or now where you could just go on and get it all. I didn't have internet. I was just like, what, when can I get new CDs? And I would ask, can I get a CD? No. Oh. You know, but <laughs> when, but when I did, I was slowly picking up the entire discography. So you know, if you had internet, you could have had
3: Napster. So
1: I will say one last thing that was kind of special about load. What's that? It's the first album in rank em all history that did not receive a single 10. You are correct. There is zero tens on this album. You are correct. We have kind of...
0: There's some, that. some bangers. Sorry. There's
3: some good ones. I was shamed last time.
2: Well, and the thing is, is that there could be a couple on here that I can almost convince myself, depending on my mood, that that's a 10. Yeah. You know, the ones that I did give nines, I didn't do any points systems on this one. So maybe, uh, on like on a certain day, one of those songs could be a 10, but I just wasn't feeling it when I rated it. And um, I I go and look looking back through it, I, I feel pretty confident with what I gave them. Especially knowing with some other stuff that's coming up. So, if that's it, guys, we're going to wrap this one up and bring her home. Uh, thank you guys all once again for joining us here for Rank A Mall. And, and, and thank you to Nick Maxon and Dick Tyner and Nate Phillips once again for coming on here, diving deep into some Metallica. And we'll be back at you once again uh, here soon with the next album.
1: But man, for our listeners, it'll be like next week or whenever next however. week, or maybe this has already been out and you're
2: just finding it for the first time, but totally, um, but definitely uh, we will going to be back at you again here soon. You know, so with that being said, this has been Metallica's load for Nick Maxson, Dick Tyner, Nate Phillips. I've been Brandon stone and we are not done yet. Wasting our hate on some of these lesser known <laughs> gems of Metallica's discography until next time, guys. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. And we'll see you then later on, guys.